Hello, I am Zelda Volkov, and you are listening to the Oh My God podcast. This is a space where honest conversation and raw interaction takes place. In these 25 minutes, I interview badass trailblazers and industry leaders about the things that they have to overcome to achieve success. The challenges that they face as human beings first and as industry leaders second leaving you with actionable techniques and takeaways to implement into your life immediately, taking you from where you are right now to where you want to go. In a world that often feels rough and uncertain, Adel Beanie believes that refining their lives in both big and small ways is an affirmation that no matter what, life's looking good. She does this via her lifestyle platform, lifeslookinggood.com, where she shows individuals how to look and feel their best while exploring important life issues, proving that beauty begins on the inside. We're sure that you'll love this episode with Adel. Now, over to Zelda. Hello. Hi. So excited for this. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. It's such an honor, but more so, I feel like it's going to be so much fun for me and for our listeners. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. And you have such a good instantly, like when I saw your face, you have such a good energy. I was like feeling a little jittery and I was like, oh no, it's going to be fun. So sweet. Thank you. I love following you, first of all. Like, I'm fairly newish. I would say, like, pre COVID, I just became obsessed with you. I love your style. I love your humor. I love how real you are. And I just, I feel like people need to hear more of your style and in general with life. I mean, like, how you go about it and your approach. I think it's so refreshing, a real breath of fresh air. Um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. So, um, like you, I probably had a very busy day, um, but I'm I'm good. I'm generally always like an average person juggling a lot of different things in my head, and then being by a coastal makes it a little harder. But I'm doing very well, and I can't complain. That's good. That's amazing. Yeah, you do. You travel a lot. You go. You're always on yeah. the whole conversation in itself. How you manage that and everything. I know that is a whole thing in and of itself. Our listeners that are not familiar with who you are and your story and where you come from, why don't you like take us back um, and tell us a little, you know, a little bit about you and where you're from and all of that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I'm Adel Beanie and I am the founder of Life's Looking Good, but I come from a small town called Morristown, New Jersey, where I lived much of my young life. I've lived in LA for the past 10, almost 10 years, nine years now. This is such a broad question. How far, how far do you want me to catch you up on? Like how, how did you get to where you are now? Like I know that you, you were raised. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, I was raised religious um, in a Chabad family and I went to different high schools, had a little bit of a choppy early education career got married quite young, had one child, got divorced, got remarried, had another child, did a varying different career paths, ultimately landing in floral and event design, which sort of catapulted me into the creative space where I ended up. Right, which is what you do now, which is beautiful. Yeah. Were you always creative? Were you always drawn to? I've always had a creative mind, but I, for a lot of my years, I was in sales jobs, probably just because I have like the gift of gab and I can yent. 
So it was like an easy fit. I just sort of fell into a lot of sales roles, but I believe I was meant to do creative work. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely seems so. I'm more of a like practical type of person. Like I appreciate design for sure. And I love, Yeah, there's something about, I feel like energetically, like your page and your style kind of just is so soothing. And so like, even from that perspective for me, it just, it's so, it's magnetic. Um, so that makes me so happy to hear. And I guess, I mean, I should probably tell people like what I do because we're sort of alluding, alluding to it. So let's break it down. So Life's Looking Good is an online platform. I'm on um, Instagram and I have a blog it's called Life's Looking Good. And um, from the name, it feels like I just like tell people how to look good, but it's obviously much more than that. My goal is to teach people how to enhance their lives, like how they live and how they look in just big and little ways so that they like how their life looks, not necessarily for other people, but for themselves, because I just believe that when your life, when you feel good about your life, your life is looking good. Right. So that's what I want to do. That's so, that's so true. And that's beautiful. And that's so, and that's such a true concept as well. What, what yeah. would you say is something that you are challenged with or have been challenged with that you, that you want people to, you want to help people with, you know, in, in terms of like the process of making your life look good, but also more, you know, internally. That's a good question. I think what's been a, a, a challenge um, for me and my business, and, and it even was in my real life, I guess, for everybody, is just like finding your authentic voice. Instagram and blog, the blog space and the podcast space is very noisy and very loud, right? There's a lot of players in this arena. So I think for me, it's finding my authentic voice, um, being able to pro really provide value outside of all these bloggers that already are doing what I'm doing. They tell you how to fold a fitted sheet. They tell you how to like make, you know, the perfect brownie. I I'm trying to go a different route where yes, I teach you how to make a perfect bed, but in doing so, I'll also take you along just very private parts of my life and expose a lot of my life because that's truly where people really feel connected and learn. It's like when I, am I allowed to swear on this thing? No, but you know, like when I fuck up and I, you, and you go through the process, ultimately, I feel like that's what people are looking to connect with more. And in addition to the, the nice aesthetic stuff. Right. For sure. Absolutely. And I know that, and I think that's, that's exactly what your page, I feel like brings about it also in a very like comical, you're very like funny as well. And um, I think people connect more because they're like, oh, you're just like me. I also have this, you know, I remember I watched um, one of your like iced coffee, you know, like you were showing how to make like this glamorous iced coffee that I could, I would only ever get in a coffee shop. And I still found, it wasn't even about the iced coffee. Like, I don't remember what you said or what, what the story was. Right. But what, did you always have that um, courage to just show your true self or, or is it something you learned? No, I mean... I would say I actually was somebody, maybe my parents, my school would disagree, but I actually felt like I was someone who did toe the line. I wasn't really fully self-expressed for many parts of my life. I did the right thing. I think in many ways too, getting married so young was like, a, not that I, of course I regret it because I don't have regrets, but like, I just, I maybe knew that I was a bit too young to get married, but did it anyway. I wouldn't say that I was always this self-expressed and this brave, but no, I guess is the short answer to that. You, <laughs> it came with time. Right. It came with time. Exactly. And what, what would you be able to tell people who are struggling with really being able to show their true self? And I think that it's really a process because I feel like some parts of ourselves, we, 
we are okay with expressing sometimes and that other parts we, we're still ch challenged with. Right, but, right. Um, but what, what has helped you to be able to be more forthcoming and more vulnerable on your page, on your platform? Honestly, it was when like Corona hit, I think I really just took a look at what I was trying to do, which was going to be the lifestyle or um, aesthetic version of what, it, just doing a lot of fluffy things, but just like the physical version of not being fully self-expressed. And when Corona happened and everything just sort of came to a screeching halt and everyone kind of had to take a, a strange look at themselves in a way that we hadn't before. I know it sounds so weird, but I really feel like that happened for everybody in Corona. I just was like, this is just not, I have to really do things that feel meaningful to me and bring value, do, you know? That's amazing. And so, and you can't bring value by doing the same thing that everybody's doing. Right, not at all. And everyone has their own unique, their unique talent their, and their unique purpose that they're, they're really doing. Yeah. And um, I watched your, your conversation you had with your son and I thought that was so, so incredible in so many ways. First of all, the fact that you're, you were able to be so vulnerable and real about your whole relationship with him, you know, like that you weren't necessarily as present as you wanted to be. Um, right. That takes so much self-awareness, but also so much courage to be able to share that, you know, so, you know, we're always being a single mom myself. I know um, just how much, you know, guilt and shame we have and all that, like, you know, that narrative that we play. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like, you know, we were, for me, I'm just going to talk for myself. Sometimes it feels like yeah. I'm trying to, you know, step into this role or this image or this persona that I'm, that I'm supposed to be. Yet sometimes it's so difficult to be so present. And, so, you know, and I feel like there's this idea of who we are. And then there's this idea of, of um, how we actually show up to our children and then how, how we show up to the world. And you being yeah. share that, that conversation was, for me, it was so moving. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, how is your like your relationship with your with your children? Like being a single mom and you're in a like you're, you're co-parenting with their with their dad. Yeah, yeah. So I have a good relationship with both of my exes. Um, some people say I'm lucky. I think it's a combination of luck, um, but also we work hard at it. But I don't like to just say we work hard at it because I do always want to take into account that there are people that work very hard at it, but their spouses make it difficult. So I'm always very careful to say we work very hard at it because I know of a lot of people firsthand that work very hard at it, but their spouses make it difficult. So that's why I say it's part luck too, because I'm lucky that these men are wonderful and want to co-parent and are great co-pilots, -co so to speak. Um, but yeah, my relationship with my children... Um, is it, I mean, my son specifically because he left, people ask me often, but we have a very unique bond. We, um, we grew up together in a way I like to say. I had him so young, so he's, I'm exactly 20 years older than him. So at every year, almost to the day. So um, now we're friends, we're buddies. I mean, of course there's boundaries and he knows, but we have a, a wonderful friendship and relationship wow. that grew despite the distance because and this is sort of the thing that why you, you mentioned before, like, I make you laugh. I try and really, it's very serious, but it's also not that serious, right? Like, it's whatever you, you say it is. So if I'm like, it's this devastating relationship with my son because we can't live together even though he was young and he should be with me, of course, those things are reality. But 
also, this is the life we're living. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have a beautiful relationship outside the confines of what society tells me I need to have, which is that he has to live under my roof until a certain age. Like that didn't happen for us, but we just talk and we're close. Like you can have maintain a relationship with anyone at any point with any distance. That's, that's incredible that you're able to look past um, the conditioning of the way we're raised with like, you know, the, these are the constructs that we're raised. Like a mom has to have a kid and with a husband in a house, I mean, we're already outside of that norm because just, being yeah. but, um, also just not allow you know, you seem like someone that's so courageous. And so, you know, like lead, you're like leading your own life, the way you see fit, the way you, you know, by your own standards, by your own norms. And it's so admirable because most people struggle to even, to find themselves within, you know, their community, right. societies, and you're really just paving your own way for yourself. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and there is, I wish there was like some thing that I could say that just would give all the answers to the, to how do you just trailblaze your own way and don't look back. And of course I've looked back many times and even though my family is very from and I'm not, I'm very careful with their feelings and the way I speak about it. And also I think about my, the way that I was raised with so fondly, even though I don't live that way now, um, I, it was, there were so many beautiful things about my childhood. So there is not one path for everybody. And some people have a very, even though they were raised a certain way and feel like that's not necessarily exactly how they want to be living now. Um, for everyone, what that path looks like is different. And sometimes it's just finding, I, I needed to, to break away because that was my thing. But sometimes it's really just finding something that lights you up and doing exactly the same things you're doing now, you know, just, it's, it's just finding things that make you feel alive. Right. And that's really what I feel like is trailblazing, you know, right. it's so just making sure you're being true to yourself. You feel alive. You're fully self-expressed. Those things are the most important. Again, speaking for myself, like I know that I've also very much, um, you know, left the way I was raised and all that. Um, but there were still times where now I'm very much like grounded in my, you know, in my way. Right. Times when I was like figuring myself out a couple, a good couple of years that there was so much doubt and I was so overwhelmed by, yeah. um, you know, all these like convincings and opinions and, and blame and shame and all that stuff from everyone yep. in my life. And it was hard to really, yep. you know, get past that. So this is the thing. It's just hard and it sucks. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just going to be hard and it sucks until it doesn't anymore. Until you, right? To your guts. Like you, you know, some people, yeah. it's hard and they surrender, you know? Yeah. And, and, and there are times where you just have to, you have to live a certain way for a while and it might not be on your terms, but it's not forever. And you just hold that knowing that it's not forever and you, and you go forward in the best way that you can, but you still hold on to what you're, you know, it might not be the time, right? It's not always the time just because you feel something. And so you just hold on to that knowing and then you act accordingly. You just, you do the best you can till, till life, till life presents an opportunity where you can make some sort of meaningful change. I'm curious, like, how do you balance your, your motherhood and your career and your relationship? Like you have a lot going on. So how, how do you, yeah. what helps you? So the fortune is me and my single mom friend saying, you might get this. We have time off. <laughs> Something that like, 
just full-time moms don't get. And like, man, once you have that time off, it's really hard to go back to like full-time momming. But um, I would say it's easier to balance doing what I do when there are half the month I don't have my daughter because I can work longer hours. I can push a little harder. I don't have to be done by a certain time. I'm not tending to someone's needs all day, which is extremely disruptive, like mentally trying to get something done and finish a project or create a, you know, something very macro when you're tending to people's needs all day is extremely hard. So for women that do that, I mean, women are incredible now. Like you just have to think about that because it is, but and then the balance, there isn't really great balance. If I'm honest, I'm on my phone too much. I'm doing, thinking about work too much. I probably could be more present, but I do the best I can. And if I have a bad day, I'll sometimes just be like, Lila, I'm like, I was really crappy today. Like I wasn't very present. And she'll be like, no, you were not. And I'll be like, why don't we go get ice cream or do something? She'll be like, okay, you know, just wow. That's yeah, make a solution. Yeah, that's amazing that you're able to, you know, talk to her about that as well and not just like um, kind of suppress, like suppress it and then just like, you know, like the get in a negative spiral like, oh, I was so bad, like just in your head like that. you. Yeah, so well, kids know. Yeah, kids know. know and they tell you, right? Like they call you out. You don't get a chance to be, yeah. they'll be like, you weren't present today and you have to be like, that's true. I wasn't. <laughs> right. And that's amazing. And it's funny that you say that because I also... Um, you know, people used to ask me, like, how do you run your business when you have, and I right. say, yeah, like my, my ex-husband, he's so amazing and he has the kids. But now that I moved to Miami with my girls, I actually have them all the time. <laughs> you do? All the time because he didn't want to move. And it was like, basically, that was the only way it was going to happen. And I had to get out of New York. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, good for that, you. Yeah. So it's amazing here. But it definitely, um, having the time off is, is just incredible. Like even just mentally, it's not even about physical. Yeah, it's correct. It's totally, and I, I think because of that time off, when I got divorced, I traveled a lot when they were by Good. him. And, Good. and I think that's when I got my whole, into my whole self-discovery journey because otherwise I never had the time. I was like a full-time mom, wife, business owner. Of course just so many distractions. We're just like revolving in a hamster wheel, you know, like there's no, there's no um, space to actually think like, Oh, what is this life? And what am I doing here? Yes. That's exactly what I was saying. Like you can, it's very hard to complete any sort of task or project when you're tending to children's needs. It's, it's a, it requires a lot. And it's funny. Like I also the same, I don't have any regrets obviously, but I was a very young mom and yeah. That idea, How old were you? I was 19 when I, when I got married, yeah. 20, when, 20 when I had my first and that idea of like becoming a mom so young and the way, you know, we push for it in that kind of society is, is from that idea of like just becoming overwhelmed with responsibilities and not really getting to a place of, of self. Right. You know? Right. It's like self-assurance. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, but it's, I think that looking back, it has definitely, having my children has definitely shaped me into the person that I am. And otherwise I probably would, not probably, I would most definitely be, I would be a completely different entity. And I know now that, um, that this is really what I'm supposed to be, like exactly how I yeah. am. Because for a while I did have resentment. I had a lot of right. and a lot of right. um, like, this is so unfair. This is what wasn't my choice. This is like, just, I became a product of who, of my society. Yeah. Yeah. 
But now really like, you know, I'm really engrossed in self-development and work and the inner, you know, all this stuff. I would right. say that that resentment has really taught me that first of all, it's okay to be resentful. You know, it's okay to have any feelings that we have that, you know, but they're just, right. they're not, you know, sometimes we're so afraid of, of our feelings. Like how could I feel this terrible feeling? Yeah. I think that looking back, I, I would just be a completely different person serving a completely different purpose. You know? Yep. I love that. Love to talk about um, dating. Are you, are you, yeah. To discuss that, I, yeah, I'm down to discuss anything. Oh, amazing. As a single mom, I know that like for I don't know how how long are you in your you're in this relationship. So I'm in this relationship about two years. Wow, very nice. Yeah, just maybe just shy of. Yeah, that's like a substantial amount. That's nice. Yeah, I yeah. The dating is just non-existent. Really. <laughs> really is that big wait is it because you don't want to or time is not permitting no it's mostly because i'm on all the apps so like right. I'm on all the apps like you know just mindlessly sometimes i'm just not finding anybody that i would actually commit to a relationship it, like you know someone that yeah. i feel mentally stimulated by someone that i feel uh are in, is into the same things as i am and then also there's like, right there's the whole idea of being a single mom that I feel like I am just not finding that type of person that's, that would be also, it's funny because I still approach it as like, I'm a single mom. I have kids. Like, why would yeah. you, I'm still coming from that angle. Yeah. You lead a lot from with the single mom thing. See, I don't like, here's how I view it. I'm just like, I'm a catch. And also I have two kids <laughs> like, and, and those two things, like they kind of work together, but they also work separately. And I'm just like, that's just the deal. Right. No, and it's, it is true. And, and you are, the kids are the bonus. The kids are the bonus. You have these extensions of you. There's, they're awesome. And no, it is the person like give up the fantasy that the person's going to love them exactly. Like their other, like their parent, like that's not going to happen. Everyone needs to stop with that. Mishigas. You find somebody, you know, you'd be like, is he, I hear this all the time from my parents. Is this guy going to love my kids? I'm like, no, certainly not. And why should he? Like, they are not his kids. He yeah. might love them a lot, or he might even love them a little less than he needs to. But here's the deal. You need them to, you need them to love them just enough, and you need them to be wonderful to you. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't even get to that point where, like, I'm even yet contemplating for the, him right. to love them, you know? So, like, right. You're not, you haven't found the one. Yeah. Or anyone. Yeah, I just feel like I guess I'm still I'm still I'm still working towards completing myself. And yep. then I'm sure that once maybe or maybe not, I don't know, like I don't I don't want to say burnt out by dating. I don't want to say that I'm I'm jaded and like I, there are no great I'm, there's lots of beautiful men out there. There's lots of great guys out there. I know so and there's amazing guys out there. First of all, right now in my current situation, I'm full time with my kids, so it's it is right, and it's COVID, so yeah, and it's COVID exactly. But <laughs> um, but just I feel like dating in general um, is a huge um, topic, you know, like how you know to open up and how to um, you know not be afraid of rejection, and then there's like yeah. thing of of children, which I definitely which makes it more tricky, you know. Does is right. your boyfriend does is he a father? Um, he is, um, but they're older, so they're not young kids. Yeah, yeah, they're fully self-sufficient and beyond. I mean, they're, yeah, they're not little. I have the littles. Right, right. Or one little, yeah. Were you, um, were you always, like, a relationship type of person? Like, you... Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 
serial relationship girl. I like, as it turns out, don't do so well with marriage. I do fantastic <laughs> with dating. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I like I, I date for a long time. I date like seriously. Um, I like to be in a relationship if I if I can and the right person's available. That's but okay. I've been lucky in love. I've been lucky, you know, I've been unlucky because I have divorces, but really great men who like are stand up dads and stand up humans on the earth, whether or not we were meant to grow together. But so I'm very lucky in that way. Right. That's amazing. First of all, that's amazing the way you speak about them. Um, is you know it's so it's it's such a gift also for your for your children that you have yeah. such, a, such a good relationship with them and it's true you know well it's the truth if they were if they were assholes like I would have to let you know on this podcast but they <laughs> happen to be good guys <laughs> but you know like people we have this idea that um, a relationship or a marriage in order for it to be successful, it needs to like stand the test of time and it needs to have this like lifelong, you know, life to it. And it's just, it's not a, it's not, a, it's not the truth. It's not the reality. Like some relationships, some connections um, last a month and that's all it was meant to be. And that's a beautiful thing. And not everything, I feel like we try to force and manipulate things to last a lifelong. Um, and that causes a lot of grief and pain, you know, when, when it's, yep. It's the same expectations where people want their, you know, these new guys that they're dating to love their children like their own. It's, right. you know, it's the same expectation. Like you, it's only a successful marriage if you're married forever and then die old. Like, how would you even measure if somebody loves your child as much as they're supposed to? No, exactly. But that's, but you, you will hear that as a common thread with like single moms that are talking about dating. Do you not hear that? Like, they worry if the guy's going to love their kids in the right way. And I'm like, what's the right way? You know, you're actually bringing to light uh, my own issues with dating, and which is why probably I'm not dating. Because what comes to my mind is I just want to yeah. make sure he's not a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you go so dark. Okay. Yeah, because like, <laughs> I, just, your I, guess, I guess I hear stories of, you know, like. Oh, I know. No, no, you really have to. Everyone has some sort of sexual trauma from childhood. Like every other totally right, right, right. So I'm like, that's that's kind of on my radar when it comes to. Okay, well, let me just say, I mean, at the risk of, I hope I don't offend anyone on this, but honestly, I don't feel like that should be your first fear. You know what I mean? I, I think you're gonna find that that certainly is prevalent, but they first have to just like not be an asshole. You know, like. First, finding a nice guy, like a good guy. Right. That's the number one concern. No, it's not like my first fear, but it definitely comes up. Like sometimes, right. you know, if a guy who has no kids, um, I'm, I'm right, like, right, right. Oh, like what you know? But it's not that. Not that right. that would end up dating me if he has no kids. <laughs> Obviously, but it's <laughs> right. what we perceive, like our interpretations of our reality, is really a reflection yep. of what's going on inside ourselves. And so, if totally you know, the negative, it's Obviously, like I still got uh, work to do, you know. With, with that. I mean, this this literally just tied right back to my the, the my company name, which is like exactly like what you're feeling is what you're mirroring. So, right. like when you feel good, life's looking good. Exactly. So I love that you just said that. It is so true, and I love the name. Life is looking good. Even just the name uplifts. The, it just that's elevates. why I named it that because every time someone would have to say my business name, they'd have to make it proclaim verbally an affirmation out in the universe that life's looking good, whether they liked it or not, because our words have power. 
life is looking good. Yeah. That's beautiful. Verbal affirmation. Yeah. And I hope for, I like hope that people come and feel like they're finding ways to, to make their life look better and to make their, their life look good and feel good. Right. That's amazing. What are your future plans? And uh... I would like to um, obviously enhance my digital footprint, continue the blog work. Um, I just started a podcast and I'm hoping to really grow that. Um, nice. Down the road, yes, down the road I'm looking at, well, starting now, but it might be a long road um, of creating a um, coffee table book that's going to be all home decor and lifestyling and all my little things, little corners sparking joy and refinement and things like that. Um, I would love to have that done. That's yes. Incredible. I love that. Yeah. And I love the, and you definitely, I totally see that. I see that totally happening. I think there's like a ton of content out there now for, and there's a lot of content for you, but there's a ton of coffee table books on homes that are just immaculate, pristine, huge, and just editorial. But I don't know that there are so many coffee table books that just teach ordinary people in ordinary homes. I mean, nobody's ordinary. We're all extraordinary. But your average person in their average living space, how do they enhance it? I don't think there's a lot of that. Right. That's amazing. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Um, what is something that you can leave our listeners with uh, to uh, help them you know, go from where they want, where they are right now to where they want to go in, in their career and motherhood, anything at all? So um, I think like a question I ask myself a lot in work, and I even ask myself this in my personal life, um, if you're trying to get to the next level is just, I, I really take a hard look at myself and ask if I'm providing value. So whether that's my content, or if I'm in a friendship or a relationship with somebody, in any capacity, in anything I do, I'm like, am I bringing value to this situation or just like taking up space? And I think if you ask yourself on a fairly regular basis, if you're adding value, and I don't mean on the obvious things, like you're waking up, you're keeping your children alive, you're running a household, I know that. But in all these little pockets, am I adding value? Can I be adding more value? Generally seems to make you a better friend, make you a better partner. And then in work, people generally want to work with you. Wow. That's so powerful and so true. Yeah. Yeah. Am I adding value? Because if you're not adding value, you're, you're actually just like taking up space. <laughs> yeah. Such a good question. If you're not adding value, where could you add value? Like ask, you know. Yeah. And then what? Yeah. Because too, if you're confused, then if you add, where can I, if you ask yourself that, it could be a way for you to figure out a place where you really want to be adding value that you feel like you're not. And then you have to take a look at that area. Right. That's amazing. I love that. Adol, thank you so much for having this conversation. This was so fun. It's so thank you. So, so incredible. I'm so excited for people to listen to it because I think they will definitely get a lot of value. <laughs> thank you. I hope so. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Oh My God with Zelda Volko. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure to leave a review, share it with your friends, and subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode. Tune in next week for another interview with another badass boss.